0: You're listening to the Habitology podcast with Melanie White and today I want to talk to you about trusting yourself. This is a really important thing whether or not you're a business owner or if you're just somebody who wants to improve your satisfaction and fulfillment with life and to get more out of life and to be able to take opportunities That sort of stuff requires confidence and self-belief and trusting yourself is a key to developing self-belief and to create a thriving business and a satisfying life. And the thing is if you don't or can't follow through on your commitments to yourself, if you can't be self-accountable, you will lack self-belief and self-confidence, self-confidence I should say, and you will be seen as unreliable or flaky by others. And those kind of things can hold you back from making the most of your life, growing, moving ahead and succeeding. So the question we want to ask I guess is how can you learn to trust yourself more and build more self-belief so that you can show up confidently and achieve everything that you want in the world? Well that's what I want to talk about today. And I'd like to start with a bit of backstory. To this and to talk about some of the things that erode self-trust because it will give you that sense of understanding of the basics of how the brain works and how self-trust can be either formed or eroded. So I'd like to start there. I guess the first thing to talk about is that you will only believe something is true if your brain has evidence to prove it. So for example, if you have previously run and won or come close to winning a five kilometre race, a running race, you probably trust that you could win a 5k race in future. But if you've never ever run before, you might not believe that you can and you may lack confidence. You may not trust that you could do it. Here's another and possibly more relevant example. Let's say in the past you've gotten up at 7am each day and created a daily work plan and then completed all of the tasks in your work plan. You didn't need anyone telling you to do it. You were self-motivated and you got it done. Because you've had that experience before, you trust yourself that you're reliable, that you will do what you say you're going to do and you can do it again, right? So I suppose where I'm heading with this that is that if you're willing and able to be accountable to yourself and do the things that you set out to do and say you'll do, at least if you do them for a little while then you're going to start to build self-efficacy and and trust in yourself. On the other hand if you are someone who consistently starts things and then gives up right away or you focus on all of the things and times that you haven't followed through then your brain is going to pick up and notice those unfulfilled promises to yourself and that inner voice is going to start saying that you're only able to make empty promises and that you're not somebody to be trusted. Hopefully you get what I mean. Here's another example. If you keep meaning to walk each weekday after work but it never happens or maybe you never, you never even start or you're not consistent, then you're going to start doubting yourself. You're going to start doubting that you could even develop that habit. Or maybe you just can't even be bothered but you're still going to have that same effect of not believing you're able to do it. And I want to break that down, that particular piece right now, because it's really important. There are two parts. There's that self-accountability part, your ability ability to actually do something. But there's also the motivation part. If you can't be bothered to do something, but you feel like you should, that's going to erode your self-confidence and self-trust. And both of those things, self-accountability and motivation are really important for anybody who wants to achieve anything in the world. So let's talk about self-accountability first. What gets in the way? Have you ever wondered why it can be so hard to be accountable to yourself? Well, I think the first reason is that when you are somebody who's used to putting other things or other people first, you often end up doing that at your own expense and therefore letting yourself down and not fulfilling your own promises to yourself. Or if you just have too much on your plate so that you're constantly struggling to get everything done, you're probably also letting yourself down in that case. So, in either scenario, whether it's putting yourself last or doing too much and having unrealistic expectations, You're eating into the time available to do things for yourself, you're unable to do things for yourself and therefore you're eroding your own trust in your ability to start, persist or complete something. Hopefully that makes sense. In other words if you don't create the time and space somehow in your life to do the things that you want to do and to be consistent at them you're going to stop trusting yourself. So what does that actually mean? Well for you it means that you don't feel good about yourself or you're unable to do things that you'd like to do or you get imposter syndrome or any of those sorts of things but let's project this outwards for a moment too and see what it's like to be on the receiving end of that. The people around you, your customers, your friends. What's it like? What's their point of view? So right now... To to get into that headspace, imagine that you were working with somebody who constantly let you down. Let's say that they're the sort of person that promises they'll do things by a certain time or they'll have that report finished by Friday, and yet they never ever meet their deadlines. They're always late to meetings, they never finish things or hand them in. How are you going to feel about that person? Would you trust them? Would you be relying on them for things? Do you think that they've got your back? Would you believe in their capacity to do things? Probably not. You'd be a bit suspicious, untrustworthy. And so that's the same thing that happens for you when you don't meet your own goals or expectations. You end up feeling that way about yourself. And to the outside world, to your customers, you become known as somebody who's unreliable or flaky and that can erode trust from your client base. So important, you know, if you're in a business where you service people, you deliver a service, if you're constantly showing up late or cancelling or rescheduling or forgetting to do things or, you know, it just doesn't convey any trust and it's harmful to the relationship. So that that self-accountability piece is important. I'll talk about some solutions shortly, but I want to talk about the other side too, which is motivation. How do you find the motivation to do things for yourself consistently, to be accountable so that you can trust yourself and other people can trust you? Well, I think there are three things to think about when it comes to motivation. The first thing is that what often looks like a lack of motivation could be a lack of energy. Think about that for a moment. Let's say that you're overloaded you've got so much on your plate, you're doing a lot of things for other people or yourself where you have this long to-do list and you have decision fatigue, you find it hard to make decisions, you feel overwhelmed and exhausted at the thought of doing anything new, you can't find the mental energy to be consistent with habits outside of that. So that just shows that sometimes you might think that you're not motivated or that you're lazy, it could be just that you're overwhelmed and lack energy. And once again, we'll talk about solutions in a moment. The second thing with motivation is that it may come after you've made a decision or a commitment to something, not before. Motivation just doesn't come out of thin air. You have to decide that you're going to do something and then you feel excited about doing it. If you're stressed, it's pretty hard to be motivated. If you're busy and overwhelmed, it's pretty hard to be motivated. The third thing is that motivation might only come when you know what to do or when you've taken the first steps. So in other words, motivation may only come after action. So if you've avoided making decisions, if you haven't mapped a clear path or plan, You might get stuck in an avoidance pattern where you're not taking any action. Maybe you're not doing the daily walk or you're not doing your meal prep or you're not doing a plan for work each day because you're not really committed to it. You haven't made a decision to do it. You're too busy to have the headspace or you're not clear on what to do. So motivation is obviously a part of being accountable to yourself. You have to want to be accountable to yourself and then you have to make the time and space to do it. So that leads me into the solution. What are three things you can do to build more trust? Well, hopefully, first of all, you're clear on why you may not trust yourself. So if you wanna flip this around and start trusting yourself, you need to stop doing those things and change your behavior. And here are some things that can help you to build trust. The first one is honesty. That was left field, wasn't it? You weren't expect expecting me to say honesty, but I think this is so important because, firstly, if you're honest with yourself, you'll be more consistent. If if you're clear on what you can and can't do, if you don't have the energy or time and commitment, be honest about that. Be clear with yourself. Park the idea rather than trying to get yourself to cram it into the day. Stop trying to do things that aren't working. Be honest with yourself. If there's some, something that you really want to do and you just don't seem to be getting it done or you haven't quite formulated the idea, recognise that. Be honest. And then put some time in a diary in the future, three months from now, for example, to revisit it at a time when you might have some more thinking and, and breathing space. To really look at that and make a good plan. The second part is to be honest with others. This is about boundaries. Because honesty is not just recognising what you're capable of or not. It also extends to your responsibilities at work and in your relationships with other people. So what I'm saying is this. If you don't have the capacity to do something or the bandwidth to contribute, if you can't meet the deadline, say so. Don't promise something that you can't deliver. Don't burn yourself out for the sake of someone else's happiness or goals. And don't put yourself last and expect to muddle through it and get to the other side. It won't work. You won't have any resources available to do your own tasks or meet your own goals. And that will erode your own trust in yourself. But by being honest with yourself and others about what you have the capacity to do or not do, you'll be able to set much clearer boundaries that give you the time and space and capacity to do things for yourself and then you will be able to do those things and stick with them and build trust. For example, I have a contract, one of my contract roles, I have two contract roles and one of them I discovered was taking up a lot of mental energy because the tasks were scattered through the week and there were things that were difficult for me to do, not enjoyable tasks. So I went back to them on realising this and said, hey, this is what's going on for me. I'd like to change my role a bit and not do those tasks and try and do everything in a more organised way so I'm doing most of my work on this one day and I can stay in that headspace and be more productive. And they were fine with that. By doing that, I got rid of overwhelm and a sense of pressure and urgency and I was able to be more calm and more productive. And I was also able to then meet my own goals because I wasn't feeling scattered. So being honest and self-aware is really important. That's the first thing you can do to start trusting yourself more. The second thing is to make a decision on what you will and won't commit to now here's a fun little story one afternoon when I was 14 years old my best friend's mother came into their kitchen and she hung a rubber disc on the wall it was the size of a dinner plate and it had writing on it and we looked at her and said what is that that you just hung on the wall and she said it's around to it And sure enough, we walked up to the disc on the wall and it had those words on it, round to it. And she said, I saw it in a shop and I thought it was a fun little reminder of all of the things that I keep saying I'll get around to doing one day. I'll get around to it. (laughs) And we had a laugh but, you know, I was reflecting on that when I was creating this episode and I thought, wow, it's true. You know, we all have these things that we'd like to get around to doing one day But those things can pile up and if you have a lot of those sorts of round tour things hovering in your brain and you're not taking any action it's taking up space there's a lack of commitment or important or importance or energy there that might create overwhelm and prevent you from taking action that will build confidence and trust So if you have a list of round toots I suggest that you write them all down and then you look at the list with a critical and honest eye and make some decisions about everything on the list. Don't let them hover around in your brain. Do something about them. Firstly decide which ones you'll never do. Cross them off the list. Give your brain some relief. If you're never ever going to play volleyball cross it off the list accept it let it go (laughs) then decide which of your ideas have merit and evaluate them the way I like to do this is to visualize myself actually doing them so let's say I have this idea and it feels like a crazy idea at the time that I'm going to do something I sit down and I think hmm what would it be like if I was doing that if I was rehearsing and practicing and doing that each week and I visualize myself doing the steps and I see how I feel it's like trying on a pair of pants in a shop you know how does it fit is that who I really am could I imagine myself doing that if not then cross off anything that seems not unimportant or unrealistic or unlikely and figure out what might have potential So then you've shortened your list there's the immediate ones that you will never do there's the ones that you imagine and think yeah I'll probably won't ever do that and then there are some things that you might decide you will do one one day and you can diarise a time in a few months from now to revisit each one of those and develop a bit of a project plan around it and take that next step. When you've done this, your round-to-its will become actionable projects that you feel honestly committed to and that they're important enough for you to pursue. The rest can be let go and that will free up so much space in your brain. And you can do this also not just with your round-to-its but all of the responsibilities that you have in life, your perceived responsibilities. You might look at some things that you're doing each week and think, yeah, I don't actually need to do that anymore. Or there's a better way to do that. Make the list. Make a huge list of 100 or 200 things that you do every week as part of your automated life and cross off everything that's redundant. Delegate what you can. Fine-tune what you do. One last thing on this. We all have things to do that we don't like doing or we find difficult. Maybe you're writing blogs for business, but you find it a challenge to get into the headspace or maybe you don't feel that excited about exercising. But there are some things that we all need to do in life in order to succeed, to get to the end point. And if you can't outsource those things or get rid of them, you can choose to make them more enjoyable somehow, focus on the outcome you'll get or find ways to make them a little bit easier. I know that for me, writing can be a bit of a stretch and I need a really focused period of time without interruption. I need to be in a certain headspace. So for me, I do certain things. I listen to some positive podcasts that get me in the mindset for writing and then I can sit down and be creative. Then I can commit to that as a regular thing in my week that's going to get me somewhere. And then I start to trust myself that I can do this. And I guess that's the point. When you are committed to doing something, it's much easier to actually commit to it and do it and, and trust yourself rather than doing something when you feel like it, which is really random and irregular. You need to have a not negotiable automatic habit that you'll do no matter what. So I guess that second part about commitment is really about dumping everything that you think you should do or you would like to do now or one day and just culling that into a really concise list of the things that are going to get you toward your goal and that you will commit to doing no matter what. You're making a decision on what actions you will and won't take that makes it much easier to take action because there's much less to worry about. The third point in building trust in yourself is to set specific goals and build in self-accountability. This is about making a plan. Once you've done those first two steps, being honest and then being clear on your commitments, you can create specific and tangible goals based on clearly defined and realistic actions that have their own unique time slots. Be clear to identify where you might need training or support to take those action and make sure your confidence to achieve each of those is at least a 9 out of 10. So, for example, if you decide that you're going to write a blog every Monday between 10 and 12, do you need to do any training for that? Do you need some help? Is 2 hours long enough? Are you 9 out of 10 confident you can do it? And then troubleshoot in advance, plan away all of the roadblocks and create cues and support to help you, like I talked about listening to a podcast to get me in a creative writing mood. We will use reminders to complete, complete a plan or diarize, or develop a checklist of steps that you need to do. This is the secret to setting and achieving all of your goals and as a consequence, building self-trust because you've, able to be, you've been able to be self-accountable and consistent. If you can do this for yourself, you're going to start to feel good about yourself and the outside world is going to see it and feel it too. So just to wrap up what I talked about today, if you can't follow through on any of your business or life commitments to yourself and be consistent, you'll start to doubt yourself. You may lack self-belief and self-confidence, and you may also be seen as unreliable or flaky by other people. And that feels terrible. You can get stuck in a loop of avoiding things and feeling overwhelmed and not getting any traction. It can be really hard to commit to yourself and to be accountable if you're someone who normally puts yourself last or if you overcommit or, aren't, or are unorganised or if you otherwise lack motivation. But luckily you can change all of these things by firstly being honest with yourself and other people about what you have to have the capacity to do and what you want to do. Secondly, make decisions on what you do and don't want to do and what you will and won't commit to. Cull a list of stuff that's taking up space in your mind and your life so you can focus on the things that will get you to, to your end goal. And finally, set really specific goals that you're very, very confident you can do that are important to your outcome and build in some self-accountability. The better you get at this, the more you can commit to and achieve your own objectives, the greater trust you'll have in yourself, the more confident you'll feel and the more self-belief you will have. I hope you found that helpful. You've got some thinking work to do after this episode. I look forward to seeing you soon. Bye for now.